what a day that'll be when we just step inside the gate. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All our troubles will be over then. Can't imagine it. Can't imagine a place with no sin. Can't imagine walking and talking with my Lord and Savior. But that's what reality is going to be for those of us who know the Lord. Sometimes we get in a hurry, or at least I do, to get there. Uh, we sing a song a while ago about God on the mountain and God in the valley. And, and uh, boy, I'm glad that I'm going to see that God. The Bible says that we will see Him as He is. That's how I want to see Him. Anything on your heart this morning? I'll be honest, I don't have much on my heart, but I'll ask you to turn to Second Samuel chapter number 5. 2 Samuel chapter number 5, and you pray for me. I usually spend the first several days of the week studying up for Wednesday night, and then the last part of the week studying up for Sunday morning. Um, and if I, uh, we, we're not in any position, regardless of what some men may think, uh, some men treat prayer as us telling God what to do, basically. Um, and so, if I had my way, I would request that he would give me a thought early on in the week and give us an opportunity to study it up and things of that. But honestly, I just got this thought very, very recently, so I've not really studied on it much at all. Uh, but I, I feel like reading it, and then we'll just depend on the Lord. If you go to Second Samuel chapter number 5, starting with verse 17... It says, But when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines came up to seek David, and David heard of it and went down to the hold. The Philistines also came and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to the Philistines? Wilt thou deliver them into mine hand? And the Lord said unto David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into thine hand. And David came to Baal-perazim, and David smote them there, and said, The Lord hath broken forth upon mine enemies before me as the breach of waters. Therefore he called the name of that place Baal-perazim. And there they left their images, and David and his men burned them. And the Philistines came up yet again and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And when David inquired of the Lord, he said, Thou shalt not go up, but fetch a compass behind them, and come upon them over against the mulberry trees. And let it be, when thou hearest the sound of a going in the tops of the mulberry trees, then, that then thou shalt bestir thyself, for then shall the Lord go out before thee to smite the host of the Philistines. And David did so as the Lord had commanded him, and smote the Philistines from Geba until thou come to Gazer. <coughs> I began thinking about this scripture, like I said, very recently, and so I don't really uh, have a lot of studying going on. But I, I, I thought it. This is a time when, when uh, there was um, maybe a cold civil war going on in Israel, and and you had David and you had King Saul, and uh, and God took the kingdom from Saul and handed it to David because Saul disobeyed God. Uh, but Saul wouldn't give up the throne very easily, so you had those following David, and then you had those following Saul, 
Uh, but now Saul was dead where I read, and David ascended up, and they anointed David in Hebron, a king over all of Israel and over all of Judah. And he began to bring the nation together as one. And uh, he was the last king of Israel and Judah combined. Uh, Solomon was, but well, I guess Solomon was, but after that, there was a great split between Israel and Judah. And they, they referred to him as the northern tribes and then, then Judah. But anyhow, this was a time that the Philistines saw that David had been anointed king and they went and gathered themselves together uh, to fight this battle with David. And David inquired of God and said, Shall I go up and smite these Philistines? I'll tell you today, we could save ourselves a lot of trouble if we would inquire of the Lord uh, before we make decisions and before we make especially important decisions. I, I, I don't know why I'll get off on this, but let me park there for a minute. Uh, we're living in a generation when, uh, when uh, it seems like marriage is, uh, is, uh, uh, is not considered a holy thing. Let me just put it that way. Uh, but, and people are just uh, getting married and saying, well, if it don't work, we'll divorce or whatever. And, and uh, so what my point is, there needs to be some prayer uh, that goes into that. Uh, going into choosing a partner and choosing a job and a career and, and choosing the church. Everything should be inquired of and, and sought after God. And But anyhow, God said, David, go down and I will deliver the Philistines into thine hand. And David went. And David and Israel won the battle. But it wasn't very long, let me tell you, about Satan. He is your enemy. And you might defeat him, but it won't be long till he'll gather his strength. And He'll come back against you. And He'll come back against you in a different way. If the first way did not work and you were able to win that battle, he will. He's wise and He's crafty and He's very deceitful and He'll come at you from another way and another angle. And so my point is what you've done in the past uh, will not always be the same way that you need to fight that battle. Uh, David said unto God, what about this time? Uh, can we go out? A lot of people are trying to fight the battle just the same way. Uh, we're in a position here and it's, it's been this way for a while in America. Uh, when there's trouble that brews, uh, uh, we tend to just throw money at it and that is never make one thing any better. Uh, but that's their solution to anything. Just, uh, just a lot more money to it. And, and my point is, we need the power of God. Uh, uh, Satan is coming after uh, your children. We were talking in Sunday school this morning. Uh, uh, they are warping their minds. Uh, from the time that they're old enough to walk into a schoolhouse uh, and if they don't receive the teaching of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, uh, if they don't receive that at home uh, or if you don't bring your children to Sunday school, I promise you somebody else will teach them things uh, from a young age when they're impressionable and they're going to grow up thinking uh, that everything is good and right and if it feels good to do it and that there is there's no genders and, and all this garbage that's going on. Uh, I saw a text message this week. Uh, I'll be honest, it turned my stomach. It was talking about touching a one little, a one-year-old little girl inappropriately. I'm telling you, my friends, you live in a perverted society, and it's getting worse by the day. 
And so I would encourage you, mamas and daddies, uh, I know it, it will require extra effort. Uh, let me encourage you. You bring your little ones unto Sunday school. You gather them in while they're little and while they're young. And I promise you, I'm 44, and I can remember Sunday school from the time I was their age. It'll make an impression on them. I promise you, if you don't, the world will make its impression upon them. And they are warping their minds. And it turns my stomach. The things that they're teaching uh, your little children. Uh, they're teaching them. You wouldn't let them choose what they have for lunch. Uh, but you're letting them at five years old choose if they want to be a boy. Or I'm telling you, God made that choice long ago in eternity past. Right. And whatever they're born... I don't care the surgeries. You cannot change what God has made. Amen. Let me just put it like that. But they're warping their little minds. And so they need the teaching. And so the way that we've always battled Satan in the past, it might not work. And God said unto David, don't go as you did last time, but go over behind them. Go against the mulberry trees. And He said, when you just stay there, and when you hear the sound of a going in the tops of the trees, uh, that is my spirit going before you. I happen to believe David sat there with his arm behind him, ready to rush out into the battlefield, uh, just waiting. I'm telling you, church, uh, what can we do? Uh, we can't do anything without the power of God. It's best to just wait upon Him and wait upon that spirit. And I happen to think that David stood there uh, with his army. I think they were eager to fight. And that's the problem today. We're living in a society where the church ain't got fight in them anymore. Right. They don't. I hate to say that, but that's just the truth. And nobody's standing up against what's going on in America. It ought to be pounded in the pulpit. But our, our preachers have become weak. I'll just put it bluntly. Now, they don't want to stand on what's right. I'm telling you, God called me to preach. Uh, and if I ever come across a church that won't take it, I'll find me another one. And another one. Until I find a place, God will send me. And He sent me here and you're take preaching. And I appreciate that a lot of places won't. But we need to fire. And David stood there with his army behind him. And he, I happen to think, when the rustling in the tops of those trees, I think it was a company of angels walking on the treetops and going before them in the battle. I'm telling you, God does not leave His children alone. He does not leave us alone. We're living in a society and in a generation. Uh, my friend, we heard testimonies while ago about a, about a young man uh, uh, that just died suddenly. Uh, I read the other day an article. Uh, there's something going around. Uh, and, and I have my suspicions. You might have your suspicions, but that's my opinion, so I'll leave it out of the sermon. But there is something going around. And they're calling it sudden death syndrome. I don't know if you saw that, but healthy people, young people, are now just dropping over dead. And they can't put their finger on it. Like I said, we've all got our suspicions, but the fact of the matter is, you could be dead tomorrow. You could be dead tonight. 
this sudden death syndrome. I thought surely a pandemic of that magnitude would have drawn men down to Christ. But my friends, we are starting to make our way out of this pandemic and it's worse today than it was before. And I wonder what's going to drive men to their knees. I'm telling you the truth today. Hell is waiting. Hell is waiting in its mouth. It's a gaping open wide. The, the place has been prepared. The flames are there. Uh, they're burning with their power and authority. There's coming a day. And my friend, if we continue on, on the path we're on, I don't know how far it's going to be. Uh, but I'll tell you this, we're getting nearer to the day uh, when God's going to say, that's it. Go and get my church. Uh, go and get my people. I'm glad He knows where we are. I'm glad He knows all about us. I'm glad He knows whether we stand or whether we don't stand. I want to say to you, it was mentioned that if you've never told anybody, uh, let me say to you today, uh, there's going to come a day, uh, there's going to come an hour, and there's going to come a, a moment, and you that are here lost, and uh, you dread people coming to you, I'm going to tell you something. There'll come a day, you keep putting it off, Nobody will come to you anymore. And God will not come to you anymore. God will finally wash you a preacher. He won't do that. Yes, He will. Yes, He will. Go to Proverbs chapter number 1. We talked about it Wednesday night. And you begin to read. He said, I cried after them, and they answered me not. And then in the day of their calamity, they cried out to me, and I would not answer them. I'm telling you, it's dangerous to put it off. You might say, I dread people. I dread revivals. I dread seeing a brother or a sister walk over to me. And my friend, how long has it been? I don't know about you. I begin to hear the rustling of the trees. People are getting saved. I've noticed a friendship kind of time saved this week and joined the church. I'm telling you, what is that preacher? That is the rustling of the trees. And that is the Spirit wanting to save. And if He can do that there, why not here? Why not here? We talked about it Wednesday night. But can I just slow down and be honest with you? And this is just me talking with you. I don't understand it. I really don't. I know that you've been raised in church. I know that you know that hell is real. I know that you know that you're lost. Now let me be honest with you right now. If you've ever been lost once, if you've never been saved, you're just as lost now. And matter of fact, your heart's a little harder now than it was when God first dealt with it. Am I right or am I wrong? I'm telling you, every time that you turn it away, it jades you a little bit. You get a little harder every time until finally nobody can break through. That's the problem we've got in our society today. We're being led by crooked politicians. And it's not started with this president. It's been for a long time coming now. These people in the Senate and in the House, they've been there so long, they don't know nor do they care about your struggle. 
let me tell you, as the world continues to go into inflation, and men, there's coming a day, men are going to get hungry. And what will you do to feed your family? I can show you a time coming that policies are going to be enacted and they'll wear out the saints of the Most High God. I can show you a time coming that when in order to buy or sell, preacher, I'll never do that. When you're hungry, you'll take that mark if you're not careful. I don't think God's people will. Uh, matter of fact, I know God's people won't. Because uh, once you take that mark, there is no going back. You're destined for hell. I'm telling you, its mouth is a gaping open this morning. You realize today, a lost person, if you're here today and lost, uh, you're just standing. I thought one time, I've always been clumsy. And believe it or not, when I was a kid, I was small. That may be hard to believe, but I was pretty small. As a child, Daddy done drywall in Brentwood. And, and my whole house would probably fit in their basements. I mean, if you've been to Brentwood, you've seen these homes. They're massive. They're big. And I was at work with him one day. We'd go and make a little money on the side, cleaning up sheetrock, and uh, we'd pay for school clothes and things like that. We'd go down there and mow yards. Uh, I'm glad that I had a Daddy uh, that taught me how to work, thank God. Amen. That's lacking today. Next weekend is Father's Day. Let me park there. I'm ashamed. We need daddies in America today. Amen. Amen. That's right. But anyhow, I went to work with daddy. And, uh, and, and we were up in, it was a, about a three-story house. Uh, and I was up in the very top in the attic and they were working up there. And I was walking on the joists. And, and like I said, I'm, I'm clumsy, always have been. And I was walking on those floor joists in this three-story home. And, and it was big. I mean, the ceilings were probably 16 feet. And I was just a little fella. Uh, but I remember it. And I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. Uh, but I decided I would stop walking on the joists. Joyce, and start walking on the sheetrock. And I did. And I walked and it held me. It held me for a long time. But then I came to one piece of board that must have been a little bit weaker than the other ones. And you know what happened? I began to fall. Suddenly, quickly, I began to fall. I stuck out my arms. Caught myself between two floor joists, feet dangling in the downstairs. They had to come and rescue me. I'm telling you, that's what I'm trying to say. If you're lost, you are just dangling out over hell with nothing between you save the grace of God. Amen. Amen. And one day you're going to take a step and you're going to fall. You're going to fall. And the Bible said great is going to be that fall. There'll be nobody there to catch you. There'll be nobody there to help you. Why, if we could take the lid off of hell today, there'd be people screaming and crying and begging and pleading with God. But as I said in Proverbs, in that day, God said, I will not hear you. As a matter of fact, I believe the saints of God, those uh, uh, millions upon millions, I believe will stand there in judgment. I believe when Satan and all of his wicked people, uh, when all of those corrupt politicians who rule the world, uh, when all of those wicked and unlost men or unsaved men that die lost, I don't believe will shed a tear as they descend into hell. I believe the saints of God will say, Glory to God in us. Why? Why would you be happy? I'm not happy that anybody goes to hell. But in that day, the holiness of God is going to be manifest. 
That's right. That's why hell burns today. Because of the holiness of God. And so I can show you in Revelation that that great harlot, that whore of Babylon, my friend, she's alive today. That whore of Babylon that went out to deceive the nations. As you begin to watch, there are people calling for a one world government. I've warned you about a, what they're calling the Great Reset. We don't need the Great Reset. Do you know what we need? We need another Great Awakening in America. There's been about four down throughout our history. Beginning in the 1700s in England and spread to America. Whitfield and others were coming preach. You might not agree with everything they said, but people were getting saved, glory to God. Yeah. It happened again in the 1800s about the time of the Civil War. I'm telling you, how the only thing stopping a revival like that today is God's people not in the battle. Amen. I believe if we'd... You know what the Bible said there? He told David to be stir yourself. That's what we're lacking today. He said, when you hear the sound of a going in the tops of the mulberry trees, be stir thyself. What does that mean? It means be ready for battle. It means have your armor on. It means get excited. Let me ask you, church, when was the last time you was excited about church? Amen. When was the last time you couldn't wait? Let me tell you, and I'm not saying this because I'm a preacher, but the man of God ought to be fired up. The congregation ought to be fired up. You ought to realize that we've got people, and I said Wednesday night, I don't know, I can't figure it out. They're getting saved in other places, but you will not move. And I can't understand it because I know that you know. I know that. I know you were preached that long before I showed up. I know you've been taught that. And still, you will not move. What is it going to take? When you've got a pandemic, when you've got something called sudden death syndrome, where God is literally walking through our midst and striking healthy people down right and left, and yet you will not move. Let me talk to you, church. It's the same. I'm going to say us, not you. We will not move on behalf of them that are lost. What do you mean by that, preacher? I mean God has always favored His church, but there are times where He especially favors Zion. There are times when the leaves begin to blow. It's then that the church can come in and plead together and stand and have power with God. And power with men. Oh, I long for that time to come. Can you hear it? I'm listening for the sound of the trees. The Bible says the Spirit. He compared that to the wind in John 3. It blows and it goes where it listeth. I'm telling you, it went through the mulberry trees. Now, there's been times, I mentioned a few years ago in a revival, right over there, there was the power of God came down like I haven't seen before in this house. And to be honest, I've not seen it since. I've seen things happen, but that night was something different. We need the power. Nothing's going to make a difference without the power. But when that power and spirit comes, then's the time we need to plead more earnestly with God. We need to beg God just to send forth the spirit and get the lost out of their seats. Because I've questioned myself 
Is it my preaching? That's not, they're not moving for whatever reason. And they're not moving because of Satan. That great enemy. That great enemy. But I want to be honest with you. He's waiting for you. He's waiting. The demons are there. They're waiting. I mentioned hell with its mouth agape and open wide. It's waiting. It's waiting for the end of your life. And that day can come, as was said a while ago, it can come suddenly. It can catch you unawares. You don't always have time to prepare. And that's the trouble. People say, well, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it Wednesday night. Felix said, Paul, go thy way. And when I have a convenient time, I'll call for you. You that looking for a convenient time, you that may have been saved and never told it, let me ask you something. Now the Bible says, let the man of God not be ashamed. Amen. Are you ashamed of him today? What's he done for you? My friend, you ought to be proud of him. You're to be proud of that. If he's done that work in you one time, he'll never, ever, ever do that work again. What do you mean, preacher? I mean, he expects us to take however little or however much. And my friend, however little or much he gives is far more than we deserve. He does not have to talk with us. But he does. He does not have to assure us. But he does. He does not have to comfort us. But He does. There are times we need to just bestir ourselves and sit and wait. And you that, you that, I believe God gives gifts. Amen? I believe He gives gifts to you that He don't give to me. I believe some people do have a gift of going to a lost sinner and just grabbing them by the elbow, touching them on the hand, and just asking them if they're okay, if they need to pray, if they're lost, if they've ever been saved. I believe some people have that gift. And I would encourage you to wait upon God for all, by all means, wait. Don't you dare do that without God. But if God comes on the scene, would you just follow Him and do it? That's a gift. That is a calling. Not everybody can do that. I'm not eloquent enough to talk one-on-one -on -one very much. Uh, sometimes I stammer over my words. Sometimes it don't come out. But you that have a calling, would you use that for the glory of God? We've got vacation Bible school coming up. We've got revival coming up. Uh, let's bestir ourselves. And I believe with everything in me that uh, we're going to hear the sound of those angels uh, wrestling in the leaves and they go before us in the battle. We're not fighting this alone. But I'm telling you, the day's coming. Our culture is perverted. It's perverse. They're coming after these little ones. They're coming after them hard. We're fi I never imagined. I always imagined, even when I was a kid, that I would see hard times in my life. For whatever reason, even before I was ever saved, I always pictured my life and hard times coming. And I don't know, maybe God has prepared me for this. It don't worry me. It don't bother me because I've always pictured it. But the thing that bothers me and worries me is I never thought evil would come in the form that it has come in. And warping the minds of children. I never thought we'd fight this battle. But here we are. And can I tell you something? If we don't bestir ourselves, we're going to lose them. We're going to lose them. You might say, preacher, no, no, no. I'm telling you, you don't understand. 
It bothers me. I feel it's my job and duty as a pastor uh, to look at news a little different. Some of these news sites that I get on, it bothers me what I read. I feel it's my job to warn you of things that are happening in America. I'll just say this. There is an evil. There is a spirit over our nation. And we are losing a generation. Children, we better bestir ourselves and then just stand there and beg and stand there and plead, armed with the armor of God, have prayed up, come to church, prayed up, pray at home, pray before you come, pray for the man of God, pray for the singing, pray for the preaching, pray that God would come in, pray the Spirit would come in like a rushing mighty wind and just, uh, just go before us in the treetops before we ever assemble. I happen to believe that God has been working on somebody or, or multiple somebodies for a while now because uh, He wakes me up at night, you see. And I don't think He would do that if there wasn't a reason. I don't think He would do that if there was somebody that didn't need to make a move and do something. But have you heard it? I believe somebody's heard the sound of the trees moving and are just sitting there. You're not bestirring yourself at all. And if you don't bestir yourself... I'm telling you, you might be all that's preventing a great revival. And I wouldn't dare try to put that on you. Don't get me wrong. Lost person, if you die lost, it's not their fault, it's yours. But I will say, I will say that we as the church, we play a big part in their salvation. God does the saving, but my friend, it's the church. It's the church that gets the power of God and comes through the church. It, I don't believe it'll touch the lost until it first touches the church. I believe it has to come through the church. I believe that bestirring yourself, a lost person can't bestir themselves. I believe that's the, that's the men and women of God. I believe we're the ones that need to bestir ourselves and just wait and call out and listen. Can you hear the leaves? That had to be hard for David. David wanted to fight the Philistines. David came in the glory of the, of the God of Israel. He wanted to go to battle. We need people that's eager to go into battle in this day. And I'm not talking about a physical battle. I'm talking about a battle of the mind, spirit, and soul. That's what's plaguing America today. What's plaguing America today is the lack of daddies at home. Amen. What's plaguing America, there is an evil spirit that's warping their little minds. And we're losing them. I don't know if that's probably a strange delivery of a strange thought, but that's all I've got today. But if God's dealing with you, I would urge you and plead with you and beg you, hell's mouth is the gate to be up. Church, hell's mouth is open wide and it's pulling down by its tendrils all of those that die lost. Sudden death syndrome, lost without God. Now come ahead. Now you, there might be somebody else the hell's mouth is a gaping open and the flames are licking up the sides of the pit right now. What are you going to do about it? Come and seek Him while He may be found, while He's near. As we have a song, let's come together. If you feel like praying, if the church wants to come and pray, as a matter of fact, let's have prayer first and then the song. We've got one seeking, let's do our best. That's the sound. That's the sound of the rustling of the leaves. Let's come in and bestir ourselves and pray.